comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. I don't want another You are listening to The Walking Dead TV Podcast, episode 157. This is for season 6, episode 11 of The Walking Dead, entitled Knots Untie. Thanks for listening. Uh, I am joined by Jim Dietz. What's happening, sir? Hello, and tonight's episode not only brought to you by DCB Service, but also by Bisquick. <laughs> That's perfect. And, of course, Aaron Neuwirth. What? Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that was my best Rick Snarl impression. That was great. What? <laughs> I am Craig DeManda. Thanks for listening this week. We're going to go through this episode. Definitely a lot to talk about. And uh, it, it's definitely uh, one leading up to something bigger. But we'll get into that. This episode was directed by Michael E. Stratazemus, Written by Matthew Negrete and Channing Powell. So this the cold open on this thing, it was actually an eight-minute cold open it was a pretty long one i mean i have whole page notes just on the cold open it's like wait a second this thing seemed very long but yeah uh, yeah Kept going. a lot happened it was it was pretty cool so guys what are your initial thoughts on this week's episode um honestly i i would say i like I, so I, I had to watch the episode twice because the first time around i was watching i was busy doing oscar stuff yesterday a lot of oscar things so like <laughs> a was, lot of other people it was yeah. hard yeah exactly so it was hard to and i you know i'm a movie guy so i was like it was hard for me to keep my attention the first time around but you know i do have to write about this show which i did and i have the review up on the um but um watching it again you know the kind of making sure i got everything i needed to I can't. It it does seem like a stepping stone to you know the, where things are going from here. There's some key scenes that I really like. One of them involves Abraham. One of them involves Rick. Um, but um, mm. overall, it's like it's a fine episode. It, it, but it does feel like one that's like, all right, we've introduced stuff. So let's. I can't wait to see what other stuff's going to happen from here. Right. It's like uh, we've we've established that stuff. We established the status quo, and now it's time to totally mess with that status quo, which. Seems to be the formula for The Walking Dead in a lot of uh, a lot of instances. I mean, going back to the prison and, and Woodville and everything else. Um, I think I'm surprised at how much of this came right out of the comic. Yeah, it's like I really mean, comic heavy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was very very surprised by that. Um, and also, I, I mean, I don't know. I have some some nits to pick about. You know, how Hilltop was able to survive and not you know Alexandria not notice them all this time and you think things there's... like that. You think there's a chance that because they're devoting so much to the comp because like the last time we had kind of a some cert, some big characters introduced, it was basically the governor, and it really didn't stick that much to the comics, and maybe it's like mm. a response to well, since we did it one way the other time, maybe we can do it a little bit more adhere to yeah. certain things just to just just to mix things up. I don't care. I think it's par- partially that, and I think partially they want Negan to have more of an impact, and they want him to have like a similar you know, seismic level of impact like you had in the comics. So maybe that's why they're going more, you know, letter and letter and picture with the comics. So Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I, no, but I, I, I was I was it was it was a surprise to me that they went this close to the book is, is all I was saying, you know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. And this is if we call this a or Jim, you've called it this a connective tissue episode, or I call it a filler episode. I'll take this kind of filler or or kind of middle of you know leading us up to a plot point episode any day of the week. It seemed to be very well thought out. The great pacing on this episode. It wasn't really a lot of crazy action or you know even zombie. What do we see? Like maybe one or two zombies are in the whole show. But really, it was more about introducing these new characters in a way that made sense and uh, leading us up to something bigger. So I was generally pleased with this week's episode. You know, not to not to hold us off from talking about the episode specifically too long, but I, I have, you know, I've heard the chatter 
among some, especially concerning like the premiere episode, which I meant to talk about during the premiere, but um, the idea of zombies in this world and um, how lately they haven't seemed as much of a threat. I mean, you look at you look at the premiere episode, or the mid-season premiere episode. You know, like they basically killed all the zombies just by yes. perseverance, as opposed to kind of like you know before. You know, sometimes it, you know it's one zombie could or one walker could uh, endanger everybody, but now it's like they can kill a whole bunch of them and not have to worry about it. Um, what I what I like about that, not necessarily like the logic of it, but I think the, you know, we have Negan, the impending Negan eventually going to come um, along with all these other communities and various people. And I, I think it speaks to the idea that we've, we've, we've had, we've had six seasons of the show at this point. So we've established that zombies are bad. And now I, I do like much like the comic does that the show's exploring. Well, we know what this world is that happens to have zombies. Now let's see what the kind of impact of people has been. And, you know, that's taken place before with things like Terminus and whatnot in terms of showing the horrors of humanity subtracting the zombies out of the equation. But I do think that seems to be coming more and more the emphasis where you can have our main characters kill a bunch of zombies, you know, just kind of by, by the flick of the wrist. But then the real threat is, you know, watching these people and what they're, what can come of their uh, involvement with them. Uh, right. Whether it's good I think or bad, it, it, the show kind of has to do that ultimately. I mean, I mean, how how much can you show of just humans versus walkers and zombies? I mean, this this is this is what's going to keep the show going for several more years. Is these these great little communities that exist and, and the interactions between them, the super villains that are to come, the villains we've seen in the past. So I think you know, human interaction is really the key to this this show's long longevity. Obviously, until we just take away both this show and Fear the Walking Dead and just stick with Flight 462. I mean, until that takes off. The uh, the refueling tanker is in the air, and, yeah. and it, they're setting up for a whole other season. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So by, by the way, is this time to do the uh, Flight 462 podcast? <laughs> no, but, but Aaron, no, I will no, 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 no. He, he just did it. He just yeah, did, he it. did it. <laughs> I'll cue you in, Aaron. Stand by. Okay, I'll stand by. Okay. The flight's on standby. Yeah. You can do it again later. So let's jump right into it, guys. Uh, as we see, this was a very long, cold open. It was about eight or nine minutes long, and it was a lot happened. Uh, we see Abraham and Sasha kind of strolling back into Alexandria, having a very casual conversation. Uh, Abraham's talking about the old Camelate the Keys story from his army days, and a little flirtation back and forth between between the two of them. We definitely see a little bit of residual of that uh, from the episode few episodes back, where Abraham made his feeling clear about Sasha, and he's definitely. Definitely still digging her. You can feel those vibes and a lot of flirtation between them. But Sasha tells Abraham she won't see him tomorrow because she switched assignments. And it's kind of an awkward moment between them. And Sasha kind of walks away and gives this little peace sign to to Abraham. And and, they, and and I guess she's trying to send him a message. What did you guys think about that? I honestly, I forgot that there was romantic tension between them that happened at yeah. the end of last. Oh, really? Okay. The last, like, I honestly, I just, it did not... It was something like I I remember like I remember enjoying it at the time in that episode, but it was like oh yeah that's a thing that happened, and then like it never really got <laughs> you know obviously it's been a few months and we've been dealing it has. With, we've dealing with some other drama such as you know giant zombie hordes and whatnot, so I forgot about the <laughs> minor romance between two characters. <laughs> um, uh, but I always I thought there was something between him and Rosita. Well, we cut to that, and that that's the next scene. I mean, obviously Abraham's right. been a, been an item with Rosita. Pretty much, we noticed that from two seasons ago when they were still on the way to Terminus. They had a scene where remember Eugene was peeking over the bookshelves and they were going at it, and it was kind of fun. But we cut to Abraham in bed with Rosita. However, he's thinking about Abraham is thinking about Sasha. I mean, he's definitely having visions of her. They keep cutting back to that little moment they had where she's walking away, giving him the little peace sign, and um, we see Rosita, Rosita made a necklace for Abraham from pieces of the tail light uh, presented it to him. He says she is damn near perfection, and uh, that kind of ends their scene, but you can see he's still thinking about Sasha, so he's kind of torn. We cut to Glenn and Maggie uh, planting tomatoes at night for some reason. However, some panic ensues. Denise realizes that the prisoner, Jesus, is missing, and then we go to Rick's house, and uh, Jesus is basically sitting on the staircase. Carl pulls a gun, but somehow Daryl, Abraham, Glenn, and Maggie all end up inside Rick's house because they know that's where he is with surprised looks on their faces when they see Michonne and Rick at the top of the stairs and they know what they just did. I, I love that there's no like like let's hide like there's no like sitcomy friend situation of we gotta hide this from everybody. There's just everybody already knows. <laughs> <laughs> like almost to the point of like over the top of like let's have every single main cast member walk in to see them doing this. <laughs> right. It's almost yeah. like you saying what here too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what? We what? slept together. <laughs> what? what? You don't do that? <laughs> you got a problem? 
What about Daryl? He just starts pointing the finger. What about Daryl? What do we know about Beth? I don't, just assigning blame for no reason. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, it was it was it was fun. And you know, we get later on to Carl, and we'll we'll talk about that. But I, I do like that it just kind of puts things out in the open without having to kind of drag something out for no real, real. Like the last thing The Walking Dead need is romantic tension based off like secrecy. So I'm, I'm right. happy where we're. And we I did like the way that Jesus referred to uh, Michonne as Carl's mom. Yes, yes. Yeah, your mom and dad. <laughs> well, he couldn't see him, so I guess he didn't know if he was, you know, right, right. a product of the, of the of the two of them. But uh, so in the morning, the gang uh, sits Jesus down for a talk at the at the kitchen table. It sounds kind of funny. Jesus apparently uh, he's a master scout. He kind of checked out the community while he was in between the prison and and, and Rick's house. Noted that they have a lot of arms and in the armory and a lot of ammunition, but their food stores are low. Uh, he says he's from a community that seeks to trade with others, and he quote, "Your world's about to get a whole lot bigger." And that's the end of the cold open. Nine minutes later, so um, uh, you got I mean, I honestly haven't had a chance to listen to last week's episode, which I wasn't on, um, unfortunately. But I, I was curious, what did you guys think of G- the Jesus portrayal last week when he was introduced? Generally good. I mean, I don't think anyone had a problem with him. I thought. No, I think we're fine with it overall. Yeah, and you said he knows his really martial arts, right, Jim? That's what's that's his um, that's a secret uh. His secret weapon, right? The Krav Maga. What is it? Krav Maga. Krav Maga. Yeah. 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 I um, I'm pretty much there with you guys. I I don't dislike what um actor uh, Tom Payne's doing with the performance. It's you know you you read about the character for so long. It is one where I had a kind of a certain look and vision in my eyes, even though you know I have a comic where I can obviously see see what they're going for. But even in terms of like how I figured he'd sound and how he'd present himself, it felt a yeah. little a little off compared to what the show's giving me. But I do like. I think it it is a charismatic performance for the most part. I think I mainly look forward to seeing real hair on his face as opposed to what's obviously a fake beard so far. But uh, you know, we'll get there. <laughs> like I, well, I, I mean, it's not as big a deviation as like from you know comic book governor to TV governor. For sure. But I, <laughs> but I do understand what you mean. It, 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 it feels yeah, like it's different. It, it feels, yeah, it, it feels a bit like a you know a kid playing dress up right now. So I, I, I'm waiting to see kind of what, what's the because I, I saw I, I don't watch Talking Dead, um, but I did I saw like a bit of it and I saw that yeah, he actually did he was grow, on it. He actually did grow out hair, and I learned that that was like he grew that out later on. So I guess the upcoming episodes it'll actually be his real hair, which I, <laughs> I I'm, a, I'm a bit more happier to embrace when it happens. So. Yeah, he he noted that on the Talking Dead. He said that they cast him within a week. Like they selected him, and he was on set within a week, and he didn't have time to grow out the beard that quickly. So they had to use a fake one to begin with. But now he's growing into his real beard. That was the uh, that was his answer. So enough about beards. Uh, they load up the uh, RV. They're going on a trip to Jesus's community, and Rick has a little chat with Carl uh, about Michonne, and so, and Carl definitely says, "Hey, it's cool, Dad. I understand." Um, as the RV's rolling, Abe leans over to Glenn and has the famous uh, line here: "When he was pouring the bisquick, was he trying to make pancakes?" And that was referring to, I suppose, making a baby with with, with Maggie, ba- his with, wife, with baby making material. I get it. <laughs> baby batter as it's called yeah baby, it sure is we're really testing uh, the sensors so far this week <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 they use the s word a hell of a lot in, in this too right mm-hmm. and then right after that scene rick and michonne do a little hand holding in the front seats it was so cute you know they're just kind of holding hands driving the rv together it was a nice little little moment let's uh, uh, l- l- let's back up a bit to the metaphors okay, okay. that abraham's using <laughs> the um I will say it did take me like I think as long as it took Glenn to kind of figure out what exactly he was trying to say, um, mainly because I keep kind of forgetting that Maggie's pe- pregnant. They don't seem to really emphasize that enough, even though we just literally had a scene involving them talking about being pregnant. But but it, then it gets to this conversation where Abraham, in between his varying metaphors, he's getting very specific about what he wants to say. And I just found, I found it very endearing. This episode in general, it really is Abraham's episode. I mean, we have all the other characters, oh, yeah. but this is an Abraham-centric episode for the most part. And I, I do like the kind of stages it takes where first you get, like, what is his kind of mind frame is at as far as between Sasha and Rosita. Redhead's really getting lucky right now. Um, and then you, you get to this <laughs> scene. Then we get to some other scenes later that we'll get to. But I, I do like that in addition to kind of giving us Abraham at this kind of like, I need to know what like my life's worth right now. We're getting some very colorful plays of dialogue of how he kind of presents himself to make sure we know it's the Abraham we all love mother Dick Abraham. <laughs> well, um, and also later, like Maggie really steps up as a negotiator in Hilltop because of the pregnancy angle. I mean, they find out that they have like, you know, neonatal vitamins and the obstetrician and all that there. So she really like, Comes some negotiator. I mean, thank God, you know, Rick doesn't. 
Yeah, I have some. <laughs> I, I, yeah, we'll get to that. I, yeah, I'm glad yeah, Rick I, didn't yeah, say I mean, that conversation. Some good thoughts but, about I mean, I that. I think, yeah, but I think by, you know, making this little, you know, mention of it at the beginning to kind of remind the viewer, you know, after all the, the stuff they've been through in the past few episodes, you know, hey, you know, Maggie's pregnant, you know, they mentioned it, like you said, with the conversation with Glenn and then with this baking metaphor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was very endearing to Abraham, and, and this was definitely an Abraham-centric episode, and I thought it fit perfectly with, with, with what you can, you can see his state of mind, and, and it develops later. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. The RV continues. They stopped for a flipped over vehicle, and and Jesus says that, that that's his crew, and there's got to be a few survivors. They track them down to an office building. Uh, Rick leaves Jesus outside, still doesn't trust him, and basically says to Maggie, look, if I hear me whistle, shoot this guy. That's it. We, we, we still think this is a trap. We, we think we're being set up here. And, and uh, But either way, they go in the office building. They, they find four people uh, from Jesus' group. Uh, Abe almost kills a person named Freddie by mistake towards the end there, but they ended up recovering uh, a doctor, among other things, named Harlan, and he happens to be an obstetrician, which we find out later in the RV when Glenn and Maggie are talking to him in the back. It's a good, uh, I, it's the kind of scene where it's, it's you, you mentioned filler episode, this almost feels like, well, we, we need a scene to feature some walkers to make sure people know they're watching the right show like it, it's so it feels like such a like an a, like an after the cliche fact, yeah it feels like an after the fact like we need to add some zombie action to this episode because it's pretty light on it so we just and and you know we can introduce a couple characters so uh we'll, we'll do that here yeah, but it, i mean it is fine this is where my zombie kill of the week came just because daryl gets a he, he he like shoves a few zombies walkers around and knifes one of them in the in like the brain and it's you know that's always good so i mean what's not to like there yeah, it's like okay all, i can see that it's, all, it's always good stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> So as they're in the RV heading back, uh, Freddie is talking about how he thought he was going to die at Abe's hands. He thought, you know, that was it for him. And he had a vision of his wife, uh, who I think was dead or, or missing or what have you. And he said, that's the last thing I was going to see was my wife. And it came to me. And, and Abraham hears that. The RV finally reaches the hilltop. They have guards with spears at the gates. Uh, Rick is not impressed. Jesus allows the group to keep their weapons and enter to meet with the hilltop leader, whose name is Greg. The, um, we can see it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the guards on this tower with their spears. That was, oh boy. I, I, I just wanted them to attack just so Rick could say, just show them like, what? What? Like, what? What's, what's again? The deal is done. We got weapons. You don't. We can see that the walls are made nice and high. I mean, they're made from telephone company style poles. I mean, it's they're definitely a pretty strong structural wall. And they have a building in the middle, and Jesus explains that it's called the Barrington House. He says it's an you know an old historic house. It used to be owned by the state. It's a perfect vantage point to see approaching enemies or approaching people for miles. So a pretty good place to be. Abe walks in and says, "Good gracious, Ignatius!" And they walk into the Barrington House. <laughs> He's just got the great lines this episode. So this is uh, this is actor Xander Berkeley. My uh, I'm a fan yes. of this actor. He you. Listeners may know him from various film and TV roles. Uh, he has a memorable role in 24 and the the initially first couple seasons of 24. He's to go way back. He's in Terminator 2 as John Connor's, him from, John right Connor's stepfather who gets knifed in the face by the T-1000. Uh, <laughs> the milk, right? But yeah, you can look up Xander, but he's been appeared in a lot of various roles. And he generally plays a, a jerky kind of character, which make, made, for me made it perfect casting to see him just randomly show up as Gregory, a character I know very well from the comics as well. Absolutely. He walks out and says of the study and says, I'm the boss, essentially. He insists the group clean up before they speak. Rick tries to talk to him, but Rick is perturbed and says, look, Maggie, you better deal with this guy. I'm not going to – I can't talk to him when you get cleaned up. You you talk to him. Um, they woke up, go upstairs. Abe and Daryl are still downstairs kind of keeping watch. And uh, Abe asks Daryl, how long do you think Rick and Michonne have been ugging bumplies? <laughs> That's my, that's gonna be my new cover band, the Ugging Ugging Bumpleys. The Ugging Bumpleys. Yeah. <laughs> Maggie and uh, and Greg have a meeting. He calls her Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's basically heavy handed with her. Uh, he tells Maggie she has basically nothing to offer. However, he'll, he'll allow her to offer to have her people come and work for food, essentially work in the community and trade their their services for food. However, at that point, the conversation just dissolves and, and ends. Negotiations are over. And that brings us right to our Fear of the Walking Dead Flight 462. Aaron, here's the update. Go right ahead. Oh, what yeah. happened this week? Th- this week, there was, a, there was a passenger who said, I love you, to her husband outside the bathroom. 
And that was your flight 462 update, folks. Okay, got, got, that, got that in there. <laughs> wow, I'm, I feel totally updated now. Thank you. So going back real quick, anything to add about uh, the scene that just happened, the negotiation between Maggie and um, and Greg? Or uh... it's a it's a, like as a as a comic reader, it's a good like this. This is very familiar. I'll just say that without kind of delving too much into it. It's very familiar to see the stuff that's happening, and I just I. Given that we've had Lauren Cohen on this series since uh, what season two now, it's neat to know that she could be coming up in her own way as a character, as you know, a leader persona, which may not be something that many people have expected in the past, given just kind of where her character stood in the past versus where she is now. Where I mean, you've gotten a lot of a, a setup for this with um, what's uh, well, um, Diana, Diana, right? Who's Diana? Diana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, a lot of setup with Diana, kind of putting her in a position of power and authority. I mean, you, it, it's neat that the season has uh, kind of slowly planted the seeds for giving us more to expect for Maggie, and so now that's kind of it seems like it's about to pay off big here. Yeah, I mean, she, her stepping up as a negotiator here with the slimy guy uh, was great, and like I said, when they found out she had an, obstet- had an obstetrician or whatever, and she was like more personally invested. And that gave her a good story reason to really jump in there and kind of seal that breach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I I really appreciate that. And like you said, it's cool when they give Lauren Cohen something other than, something to do other than pine for Glenn <laughs> or, or, or go he, looking for Glenn. He's or on go a, looking for Glenn and mission. killing zombies along the way. You know, get, uh, I'm I'm glad they're letting her do some more things. Yeah. I mean, it seems like this is all related related to Deanna. If we go back, I mean, she was selected for this role of ambassador or you know peacemaker yeah. or, or diplomat leader uh, you know di- politician if you will by deanna i mean she didn't have these responsibilities until deanna gave it to her and kind of took her under her wing so a lot of these these De- deanna's legacy lives lives strong let's just let's just leave it at that she, I guess. she saw maggie's potential and it's clearly paid off it's a very yeah 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 and and obviously she affected michonne as we found out the last episode too in a, in a big way mm-hmm. and let her express her feelings towards rick and and you know so it's it's pretty cool i like how it's all weaving together uh jesus tries to be the voice of reason as we come back and the group is together talking to jesus and saying look let me talk to gregory give me a few days to work out a deal you know rick's like look we came up here we're not leaving with without any food a small group then heads into the town by a man called ethan he's headed there uh returns to the hilltop they explain uh, to the two that, that the team uh, is... I'm sorry. Two of their team is dead, and Negan is holding Ethan's brother, Craig, as hostage until they can pay up. Negan told Ethan uh, to deliver a message to Gregory, and that meant stabbing him in the gut. <laughs> yeah. Which Ethan then did. <laughs> Rick takes down Ethan, ultimately winning a wrestling match and stabbing him in the neck and making a nice bloody mess. Rick gets up covered in blood and then Townsfolk looking at him like he's crazy, and he simply says, "What?" Yeah, I'm really sad that the man bun survived the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> the man bun. It's like yeah. one of those fashion things that really would would have thought of died along with the you know the rest of civilization, but I guess not. It was that was <laughs> I mean, a good little brawl, and you had a lot of th- I yes. mean, you had both like Rick was struggling yeah. with one guy, you had uh, Abraham getting strangled Abraham. until Daryl came out with a save because he's Daryl. That's our Daryl. Um, and even like and Michonne too, yeah. Right? Michonne, Michonne got handled a couple people, and then when like what, like one some whoop, like one of the women came up in Rick's face, she just like bo- like body slammed her down on the ground. Oh yeah, which was amazing. <laughs> Stay away from my man. Stay away from my man. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and Abe is on the ground wrestling with that hilltopper and in a scuffle, and he hears Sasha's voice in his head, so he's about to get choked out apparently, and 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 that's whose voice he hears in his head is Sasha's. So it's apparently. He knows or something. He knows who his true love is or what have you. And when he gets up, the necklace that Rosita made for him is torn and then left on the ground behind. It's a... I'm not sure, like, how I'm supposed to feel about, like, his relationship exactly. Like, I'm supposed to, like, be, like, feeling bad for Rosita in this scenario or, like, happy that Abraham is finding some sort of, like, inner peace or whatever you want to call it. Like, but at the same time, I do just like seeing Abraham kind of smile. Like, he gets up and he's like, I see clearly. I Like, I he, like, kind of has a... Some kind of epiphany. It's another one. He seems to be having multiple epiphanies right now. Not not all men can do that, but um, he's um, he's uh, he's, he's he's working that out. It seems. Yeah, 
I mean, and, and she really got to him in that episode. I think that's part of it too. Sasha really, I mean, got to got to Abraham in yeah. his head, and you know, set him kind of straight. And uh, which makes it that's hard. why I think like, he's so I, attracted to her. Yeah, yeah. So like, but am I supposed to like? Should I be like? caring but when something happens and as far as abraham has to break up with somebody or like show something that kind of upsets the balance that he has i don't know i mean rosita hasn't even been fleshed out well she has flesh but she hasn't been fleshed out that much as a character i mean she you know we we know her but we kind of don't know her you know she's just been along with abe's group and the eugene you know crusade that they were on for so long and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe when that episode hits and Abraham breaks the news to her, we may get some more depth out of her character. Hopefully. So is it before? It's before he kills the man bun guy that, that Gregory breaks down the whole Negan deal, right? Yeah. About Negan beating up the sixteen-year-old kid and telling them that you know they had to give him half of everything. And that, all happens that, that happens, that happens oh, next. That happens next. Yeah, that's, yeah because they, 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 no, order. it's good. We're going to segue right into it. Back in the office, uh, Rick's group, you know, they want information about Negan. Now Greg is hurt; he's in the room getting healed. But uh, you know, Jesus explains that Negan is is the head of a group called the Saviors, and apparently the Saviors are made of a um, they made a lot of threats. And they ended up extorting the Hilltop group for half of all their supplies and food on a regular basis. And Negan killed a Hilltop resident as an example for no reason to prove how serious he was when they first encountered them. That sounds and terrible. Wanted, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> it was 16-year-old or something like that. His name was Cody or whatever it was. And This so, is where Jesus says, uh, we need to understand right off the bat. Yeah, right. He even said that. He goes, he wanted us to understand. Yeah, it was off the bat. Yeah, That's all I'm going to say because I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> so Daryl at that point just chimes in and says, look, we'll take out this crew. We'll take out Negan, but we want a cow and a lot of food and livestock for us, and then we'll take care of your problem. And then at that point, Rick realizes that this is the trade that they can offer. They don't have much to offer this group except their services as fighters. And Maggie, and they're on the porch at this point, and Maggie says it's going to cost them. And I guess a little foreshadowing there. It's, I mean, it, you know, we got the the details on the saviors and um, more about Negan, who keeps being pumped up to uh, supposedly leave some kind of impression once we finally actually meet the character. Um, if that's, that's it. I do want to back up, kind of glossed over, not just the whole fighting stuff, but Rick's, res- sure. Rick's response to the fight. Because he, he does say, as you said, what? And, <laughs> what? Then, and, th- and then it's like, it's the, and then like guy with a spear comes up, like he's going to make some kind of difference to a guy with a gun in his hand who just, you know, murders yeah. somebody with a giant knife. He's, he comes up to him. You brought, a, you brought a spear to a gunfight, are you? <laughs> <laughs> but he walks him up there and he says, like, you got to get over your weapon. And he's like, how about no? Which is, I think, yeah. like, word for word out of the comic, by the way. I think I even, inst- yeah. I think. I, when I read this issue in the comic, I think I have an Instagram post of the image of Rick telling this guy to screw off. Like, so it's like Rick is as much as I've enjoyed kind of Darth Rick. I, I I did like I do like how his change in Alexandria has turned around. As far as like he's willing to accept Alexandria as you know a commendable group to want to train to be better fighters. But I do like that he's still no nonsense when it comes to anybody else that tries to mess with him or his own. And so see, seeing him in action here, where he's just telling guys to just you know, get get away from me. I'm going to do what I need to do here to protect me and my people. Even his line is like, the guy tried, came at me, and he killed, and he stabbed Gregory. So, of course, I shot him. Like, just or killed him or knifed him, whatever. It's just, it's it's good Rick stuff as far as the kind of no-nonsense Rick, 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 Rick dictatorship that I like to see every now and then. So, if this was Darth Rick, you know, say... You know, eight or nine episodes ago, the spear guy would have been dead, right? Spear I mean, guy would be, be dead. He would have okay. like told Daryl and Michonne to flank the whole suit, the place. So like after he killed that guy, they like take over the whole town. And We're taking burn. this hilltop, and then yeah, like burn half of it down to prove a point. Like that's the that's the old Rick. <laughs> yeah, the ghost of Tyrese tells him we don't have to kill everyone. <laughs> and then Carol with the rocket launchers hiding in a tree somewhere, and will yeah. take out the rest of the town. Again, right? if this was a Simpsons episode, it'd be swirling icons of T Dog, Carol, and like Herschel telling Rick what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You just got to be a father, son. Watch out, Rick. Do the good thing. Like just back and forth. <laughs> Milk helps us play. <laughs> But yeah, back. Okay, so Jesus is talking about the saviors. That's where we're. <laughs> no, yeah, and actually, it's a good conversation. And even uh, Rick admits in that conversation that, um, yeah, we we know these guys. Daryl encountered about five of them and basically left them in, in puddles and pieces on the side of the road. 
So they're really not afraid of Negan's group at this point. They, they know bits and pieces about them, but they're not really too concerned about them. Daryl uh, seems a little um, overconfident for not knowing their capabilities. Or is it the whole group that seems that way to you? But, I thought Daryl especially. Daryl started it. I mean, he's yeah. like, I'll, we'll, we'll, he goes, these guys are phonies. He goes, they, 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 how many people have you seen? They go, well, we've heard of 20 or more in a group. Well, come on. He goes, we can do that. We can. These guys aren't anything but but they're, they're phony balonies just extorting these people on the hill. So he's not afraid of them, it seems like. Right. Maggie then renegotiates a deal with Gregory on in his bed in, as, he's, as he's kind of recuperating, and they, they strike a deal. Uh, and Maggie is very cool, calm, and, and, and she goes, look, here's the deal. All right, we'll take care of your problem, but we want half of everything. We want half of everything you got, all the, you know, half the food, all that stuff, and also an extra thing, which we find out is one or two of the people to come back with them to Alexandria. It's a, it's a bold deal, and some might even say cocksure of them to propose said deal, but, uh, I mean, if it gets the job done, it's like, I, I, I like that they they believe in themselves enough. I'm glad that Daryl's become the group cheerleader, apparently, after years of well, I around. mean, they, they don't have anything more to lose than what they're already about to lose. You know what I mean? They're already about to lose half of everything, but over a long period of time, as opposed to, you know, this, this one deal, which is a one-time thing. So. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's interesting. It's like, um, I was thinking, what if, I mean, they could theoretically take this hilltop pretty easily. Rick's group. I mean, they don't have to even let these guys survive. They can take all their food and stuff, take them all back to Alexandria. I mean, there's a lot of things they could have done. They were much better armed than the, than these than the indigenous people of the hilltop. Well, I think Rick's smart enough to realize, like he, you know, is not the only person in the world that wants to achieve some kind of new civilization or some kind of peace as far as how humans will get on in this world where you know the dead have taken over. So it's it it seems like an advantageous act to like have one have his own community as well as establish what seemingly is kind of his end game of having a series of communities established to live in harmony with each other. Plus, I mean, in the back of his mind, he probably felt he had to deal with the Negan problem sooner or later, since they're already at the outskirts of the Alexandrian you know area. So yeah, you know, he might as well if he's going to do it, he might as well get something out of it other than just you know, taking it out. I, I like it. I mean, I, I, I like that the world does feel larger, as Jesus promised. I mean, we, we feel now that there's actually three communities that we know of. There's plenty more out there, but, I mean, these are nicely fortified, not just chain-link fences like they had at the prison. I mean, they're they're evolving. We're getting these bigger walls and, and, and more community type of situations, and it's pretty neat to see how the world is getting bigger. It's one of the, And how Rick's group is going to fit into it. It's one of the bigger takeaways of the episode in general where you get to – you're you're taking away you know the humor from last week and the kind of action mayhem going on in the week before, but you're replacing it with, well, here's a, a whole whole new world for uh, these characters to uh, exist in and like see where the show goes from there. If it has like a you know a new pivot point to go off of as far as how do we keep The Walking Dead going? Well, we introduce this. It's great. I mean, I like the direction it's going in. I think it's really great. It gives the show more scope. And it, it makes it feel larger. It really, it's, it's cool. I just like what they're doing. Uh, towards the end of the episode, we see Maggie getting an ultrasound of her fetus by the doctor. And the, uh, we see them kind of riding back in the RV and sh- sharing the picture that they got of, of Maggie's newborn, uh, unborn child from the, photo, from the ultrasound machine. And that's the end of the episode. Another good and a good like and again a, a lead off of um, with Abraham as far as kind of uh, if you have a central character obviously you have other characters that were important this episode but um, you give a, you give Abraham a chance to you know not you know we've already seen him kind of develop whatever kind of newfound respect for life he has and where, where that goes from here as far as his love life we'll see but you know seeing him look at that picture the at the, the ultrasound it's a nice little moment in a show that's. Often full it's, of bleak moments. So. I was going to say, it's about as hopeful as this show gets. Yeah. Which, and usually uh, when it gets a nice hopeful moment like this is right when the proverbial rug gets pulled out from under everything again. Uh-huh. So. We're surrounded Enjoy by multiple it. hopeful moments, though. I mean, we got really Rick and Michonne in a new budding romance. We've got Abraham in a love triangle, almost. We've got, obviously, the, the Glenn and Maggie, you know, of course, being a father and the mother. You want to keep the family together. There's a lot of these little... Things that if we would have seen this a couple seasons ago, again, okay, he's a goner, she's a goner. You can just predict it, but they're 
they're really setting us up where anybody can go at any minute and you really don't know who it is. It's really cool. For sure. I mm-hmm. I I don't even I don't I don't even know if I need to mention this, but I, I do like the fact also that, you know, there's bigger things going on and the show is not really had any need to be like, hey, we have interracial relationships going on. They're just, you know, let's just accept things as they are. I like that. Yeah, and it felt very organic, and we talked about this a little bit last week. You know, it, it felt very organic. I mean, it yeah. felt very natural, the relationship between Rick and, and Michonne, and it actually feels very natural between Sasha and Abraham. I, li- I like that little, just a couple of scenes in a few episodes, a couple of little seeds can make a relationship feel real. And that's pretty good writing, I guess. I mean, that's that's not easy to do. It doesn't seem forced. Like, the, the Abraham and Rosita just seems like, okay, they're just together. They just sleep together. You don't see any relationship beyond that. Just, they would just been doing it for so long. Yeah, for a, for a show like this, which I've you know often commented on how non subtle and hit you on the head um, it is with its writing. I I have been a fan of how it's handling these relationships. And again, it's not as if I need the show to focus on relationship drama, or whatnot. But I do like seeing characters that organically get together, and it doesn't feel wrong in any way because you know you've you've at least established kind of the basics of who these people are supposed to be. So. It, uh, it's it's playing well so far. Uh, our sponsor this week, as every week, other than Bisquick, is DCBService.com. And uh, if you, say, for instance, are an aficionado of The Walking Dead, I imagine you would be because you watch the show and you listen to this podcast. Uh, say you wanted to get into the comics. They have them. They have them in a lot of different forms. You can get the, the single reprinted comics. You can get the the, uh, the trade paperbacks, which are six issues in one volume. You can get the hardcovers, which are 24 issues in one, or 12 issues in one volume, excuse me. Or you can even go the way I go with the paper versions and get the compendium, which is 48 issues in one giant phone book size volume. And if you could order any or any or all of these permutations from DCB service at a huge discount, 30, 40, 50, sometimes 60% off, depending on what they have on their specials and sales. Uh, you can often save a lot more than you uh, would be able to even on Amazon or, uh, or other uh, book-mongering sites as you were. And the service at DCB Service is exceptional. Their customer service is awesome. If there's any sort of problem, if anything needs to be changed, messed around, or, or, or dealt with, they are happy to do it. Um, not only comic books there... They also have uh, action figures, they have statues, they have, as I mentioned, trade paperbacks, um, they have t-shirts. Um, every month there's a uh, catalog that comes out called Previews, and anything in that Previews catalog, which itself is the size of a phone book of a small city, uh, <laughs> uh, you can get a DCB service at a fraction of the price that they're offering in that catalog. Um, some cool things they have going on right now, Aliens mini Mates. if you're a fan of the Whoa. Alien franchise... Uh, series three assortment just came out with uh, with uh, Corporal Hicks and uh, and Ripley in her um, in her spacesuit from the first um, Alien movie. A um, lot of, lot of fun stuff there. Uh, they have all kinds of Star Wars statues on sale uh, right now. Uh, if you enjoy the Star Wars, uh, most of those are thirty and forty percent off. Uh, this elite collection Darth Vader resin statue is really needs to be seen to be believed. Um, you save thirty percent off that, and normally one hundred and twenty-four ninety-nine, only ninety-nine ninety-nine with the DCB service. Uh, again, not only comic books; they have action figures. I, I get my McFarlane uh, Walking Dead blind bag action figures from DCB service. I order like four or five blind bags at a time, and they're really fun because at least you know each one has a zombie in it and a member of the cast. That's so cool. You don't know cool. what you're getting. It's like a secret bag. Is it what it is? Like you a... always need zombies. Okay. I find. So that's cool that they all each one comes with a zombie, uh, and then you don't know. Yeah, you don't know what you're getting until you open it. Um, or that that really sweet Daryl diorama that came out just a couple of months ago from McFarlane. I don't know if you guys saw that. They've been uh, really coming out with some cool Walking Dead action figures. Uh, Walking Dead board game. Uh, I know something I mentioned last month, they had a DCB service. It's also available this month. The Walking Dead adult coloring book, uh, taking art from the the, uh, the first 20 issues of the comic and, and so turning cool. it into an adult co- uh, coloring book. I guess you only need like you know red and blue and, and gray, maybe, or green. And you only need like maybe three or four crowns. But adult coloring seems to be a hot thing. So, uh, you know, do it the Walking Dead way. A lot of fun. Um, so DCB service, we really thank them for their sponsorship. Again, if you're looking for pop culture stuff, that is the place to go. If you want 
great service and great prices. DCBService.com or their sister site, InStockTrades.com, if you're looking for trade paperbacks and graphic novels. I don't, I don't know if you guys heard this, but they're making an exclusive Abraham uh, figurine that has him holding a chain and a box of Bisquick. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I, look, I look forward to the pre-order on that one, for sure. I'm, look, I'm looking for the Carol variant with the casserole dish. Yes, yeah. So, if you guys are out of cons and you see that one, I, I definitely am looking for the Carol with casserole. And the kitchen timer. Yeah. With action, action casserole. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thanks, Jim. How about we get to our Buster ratings, guys? Aaron, we'll start with you. I um, as much as I like the kind of the setup going on and some of the key scenes in in this episode, I'm still at like a three point five. I, I think it's it's a fine episode. It is you know a filler episode or a kind of a, a groundwork laying episode, as you want to call it. But um, it's I, I think the the lack of kind of the goofy humor from previous week and or even kind of more zombie action which is not something i tend to want but in the midst of like i only get so much out of the writing and i like the character focused stuff but this is kind of more just laying things aside it, it's a fairly it's a solid episode not one where i was like enthusiastically excited about the whole time through but it, it has good moments in it so 3.5 busters jim how about you i give this a four and I, the reason i do is because this was so close to the comic it made me go get my combi of the comic to like see if I was remembering it correctly, you know what I mean? Hmm. And it was cool to see them kind of, you know, pull the rudder back a little bit toward the comic story. I know Gimple and, and Nicotero said, you know, they're they're using it as a blueprint, but there's going to be little side passages along the way or whatever. Uh, I was kind of uh, surprised by how close this adhered to the original stuff, and uh, I really like that uh, aspect of it. I, get, I know I understand it's more of, like I said, connective tissue or moving the plot along, you know, to the you know, inevitable confrontation with Negan or whatever, but I thought it was done well. There were like nice action beats in it. Uh, they gave Lauren Cohen more to do. Um, and an Abraham-centric episode is always welcome in my book. So uh, I was all over it like a duck on a June bug. Four out of five. <laughs> I want to give it a 4.25. I'm, I'm really liking, if this is connective tissue, if this is a filler episode or whatever, you know, we want to call this, I'll take this all day. I mean, this is a, this was a really good episode. They had most of the cast involved: Daryl, Rick, Abraham. They all had their piece of the action. Glenn. I mean, it was just a really well paced, and we saw a lot. Even though we got introduced to a lot of characters as well. I mean, thinking back to how they clunkily introduced Woodbury and all those characters, and it took a whole season to figure it out. I mean, this is just very slick storytelling. They really they they've got this. This dialed in, and I'm liking this a lot. And and this build up to Negan, and this build up to this other group is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to eventually probably explode, you know, by the end of the season. So, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing here. It's just everything, everything is just dialed in right now. So 4.25, we'll, and we'll we'll leave it at that. But who cares what we think? We have an amazing Facebook group. It's the Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, Please join our group. We've got now 721 members, five new members from last week. So welcome aboard, new ones. And they are very active, and they're great at introducing their Buster ratings to each episode. So, Jim, could you go through and see what our listeners thought of this week's episode, Knots Untied? Sure. Uh, we're going to start off with Brent Jones. Give it a solid four. Rick's always bloody first impressions out of five. Uh, I hate that they so easily took on the fight with Negan. At this point, it's not their fight with their history. I understand their confidence, but it's not your fight. Why risk lies when there was already on an offer on the table for some food? Uh, love the dynamics of our group. Everyone has a strength. The RV getting stuck, then suddenly unstuck and all clean drove me nuts. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think that maybe uh, Daryl and, and Rick think that uh, Negan is something they're going to have to deal with down the road anyway. And they kind of say that in the preview of next week's episode. They, they address mm -hmm. that right on the head. They, you know, it's right there. They're saying, look, it's going to happen, and we got to deal with them or they're coming for us, kind of thing. Uh, Tracy W. responded, maybe after they kicked the crap out of those people and knifed that guy in the throat until he was dead, all the Hilltop people pushed their van out and washed it for them. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think they'd rather fight than work uh, among the common folk. I don't think they're socialized. They're kind of feral. Rick, most of all, knows that. That's why he sent Maggie to talk to Senor Douchebag. <laughs> Uh, Everard Santa Marina, 4.5 porn bisquick to make pancakes out of 5. Feels like good progression, although it felt a bit disjointed. The survivors of the car wrecks uh, sought shelter in a zombie-ridden dark building. 
or yeah, why not seek higher ground like a rooftop? Uh, Gregory seemed all bluster when he really had no leverage given their tie to the saviors. Uh, that's true. Um, it would have been more believable if he had tried to get them to help in that regard before demonstrating they're under his heel. Uh, but still, it feels like a very different, but it's still an intriguing show. The acting by the Hilltop folks was not exactly stellar. feels like they've reached the shallow end of the acting pool. Ooh. Hmm. Slamming Xander Berkeley, dude. Not yeah. Cool. <laughs> not cool, man. Uh, Cheryl M- M- Morris Goodman, 4.0, really bad Jesus hair out of five. For some reason, this episode seems short. Gregory's a big douche. It seemed a little heavy-handed in that regard, but I'm intrigued. Uh, Mike Jones, four, uh, Fallout 4 Settlements out of 5. I was thinking that, too. I love Tilltop. Looks like one of my Fallout Settlements. Wasn't totally into Maggie as a negotiator, and Gregory was poorly acted. Oh, man. Hmm. Uh, who knows? The, who knew the Dosekis guy would run a settlement? The zombie apocalypse. <laughs> the Dosekis guy. <laughs> Group Manor asks Everard at Santorina. Uh, Max Sofa, 4 out of 5 old Winnebago's. This episode was just okay with me, but I still gave it a high mark because it felt really faithful to the comic. The Hilltop looks great, and I hate Gregory just as much as I hoped I would. <laughs> Side note, not sure uh, why it just hit me, but after all this time, can't they find a better RV? I know, right? They, they, they're digging in the 1980s collection, 70s RVs. They can't get some, find something newer, right? Well, you know. well, at least they aren't all crammed into a Hyundai like they would have been in the first few seasons. That's right? true. You're right. Um, Roger Austin, four awesome Abraham analogies out of five. Rick, Jesus, and Maggie were all good, but Abe was the star this week. Starting to miss Carol, but I'm sure she'll have more to do pretty soon. Oh, yeah. And I agree. Uh, DeRay Irvin, four Uggin Bumpleys out of five. Would have been a solid five, <laughs> but there was no Carol. Uh, this was a great episode, and I love The Walking Dead world. is getting bigger, but I fear what is to come. <laughs> and, well, you should. Uh, Tanya Royston, 3.75. Jesus, the census guy, out of five. And uh, I like that we met a new community, but thought the episode was a bit choppy. The abisms were off the chart. Uh, Jesus telling Carl he's waiting for his parents to get dressed. Carl's reaction and everyone running up the stairs is a laugh-out-loud moment. But taking on another community's big bad is problematic at best and cocky at worst. Maggie said at best, this is going to cost us something. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Boo the third, three point five right hands of Jesus out of five. I like this episode, but I expected the comedy last week to bring a load of action this week. I uh, love the signature blood to Rick's face next slice action and tying up the explosive events of Negan's team. Uh, planning is generally boring, whether IT finance or attacking rival humans. <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, Karen She uh, four Bisquick pancakes out of five. Solid episode. Lots of good build-up. Missing Carol, but definitely great to see most of the core gang together again. Uh, I love the continued awkward dynamic between Denise and Daryl. And we didn't cover that, but it was just a couple little scene in the beginning there where he was fixing the RV, and, and, and she offered him this oat pie or something like that. And, uh, and Daryl's kind yeah, of... was cute. <laughs> Daryl's kind of a jerk about it, but it was fine. It was a fun scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, I'll give you this. I'll trade you four cans of Orange Crush for a bullet out of five. <laughs> hmm. Uh, so here comes Negan's storyline. Looking forward to how this plays out. I mean, could you ever see Rick and Co. mucking out livestock for food? Nah, they'd rather slay the bad guys. Uh, Rob Cook, four dubious Bisquick analogies out of five. Nice to see a glimpse of Psycho Rick covered in random red shirt's blood and making those all-important first impressions. Uh, loved all the Abe one-liners tonight. It was his show and Maggie's badass negotiating skills with the thoroughly unpleasant Gregory indicating a future leader, maybe. Uh, Paul McEckern, uh, 4.5 out of 5 Hilltops. I really like the different aspects of this episode. It shows that The Walking Dead can get into intricate and delicate storylines without slaughter. Uh, Maggie has a talent for negotiating. Hopefully she can continue where Deanna left off and give her character some actual meaning. Going back to what we said. And if you'd like to join our group, we'd love to have you. As we mentioned, we've got five new members this week. Uh, you can see the uh, the links there to uh, theyoungfolks.com where Aaron... Uh, uh, the most erudite reviewer on the show and here, here. in podcasting. Thanks. Um, <laughs> writes, just writes out write-ups of uh, every episode, including the one that we're talking about now. I should um, goes, I, I should I should note. Um, uh, thank you, Jim, for plugging the reviews as always. I really appreciate yeah, that. Sure. Um, the young folks, um, the site that I specifically write Walking Dead reviews for, 
there's a new like I say I've been a little bit late on there. Not I haven't been late to be fair. I've been writing them on time. The um, there's a new editing process involving um, to, to make sure that they they look as good as possible. Another, another set of eyes looks at each each post that goes on that site now before they get posted. So because I watched The Walking Dead fairly late and uh, read the review till fairly late, they don't seem to be going up until the morning, um, if not a little later. So uh, for anyone that's been you know really looking forward to the writings and like wondering why aren't they there right at like midnight or whenever i usually yeah, i normally in, get instantaneously yeah it's yeah. it's because there's it's out of my control right now so if that changes it's all those hollywood nights if, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> champagne wishes and caviar dreams yeah. that aaron is living out yeah there that's that's holding me back so. but yeah they're uh you know I'm, I'm doing the reviews and they're coming up as soon as i can I, as soon as they get posted they're up there i guess so Plus, that gives Aaron a little more room to spread out and talk a little bit in more in-depth about how he feels about the show and the show in general. Yeah, so, for sure. Absolutely. So definitely check that out. It's all available on the Facebook group. Plus some fun memes and some interesting discussions and a lot of really uh, fun, cool people. No, I think we've kicked all the trolls under the bridge. So uh, the Walking Dead TV podcast on the Facebook. Well, thank you, Jim, as always. So we've been talking about uh, just a little piece of news here. We've been talking about this great new video game featuring Michonne as a major character. I know, uh, Aaron, you've had a chance to play it. Jim, can you share uh, the game play with us and give us kind of a review, a quick one? Well, it's the same kind of gameplay as the other Telltale games, but I will say that there's more action in this one in the first hour or so than there have been in several of the past a few Telltale Walking Dead games that I've seen. But it's more of an adventure game. It's more of a storytelling game than, you know, a Twitch-based, you know, uh, shooter or what have you. Um, basically, and the, the art style is, is the same. It's great, like that mix of graphic novel and, and realism that they went for in the other episodes. And, of course, it's Michonne. So yeah, I, it, was a, it, was, it was an automatic buy for me. Yeah, I've... I've... I've talked often about the, when in the past when the um, the initial Walking Dead games from Telltale were coming out that it's my between the comic the TV TV series and other things the the game version is my current like favorite way to digest the series just because I really like what they're doing with their storytelling and you know it's also interactive so that adds something on top of it and it it's a kind of game that gives you choices of how to proceed which actually affect where the game goes as far as what characters right. survive or whatnot so it becomes very intense because not every kind of uh, situation you're presented with has an easy answer of which way to go about handling it. So uh, with this one, I, like Jim said, it, it is very. It, there's a lot of action in it, which I think comes from the fact that the Michonne game is only like a three-episode miniseries. So it it doesn't, you know, it, it's as opposed to kind of stretching things out, it only has so much time to tell a story. And with that said, if for those that read the comic, I'm not going to spoil what the story is, but it takes place during a very specific time involving Michonne that I, I appreciate. I like, I like what approach they've given to having a spinoff game involving just Michonne. So. And I thought it was cool how well it fit into the comic continuity. For sure. Yeah. Even though it's its own thing. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, these telltale games are, I, I really don't like them because I mean, some people might get the idea that if there's a walking dead video game, it would be something like left for dead or, you know, some like a first-person shooter or whatever, but these uh, these Telltale games really emphasize the storytelling and, like Aaron said, your your actions in the game, what you say to people, uh, how you react to people, really like carry over and have consequences down the road. Which uh, uh, which preserves it preserves the spirit of the series, where the you know the Walking mm -hmm. Dead graphic novel it's not an action book like there's action in it just because there's <laughs> zombies you got to kill them, but it is a sh it is a series which much like the TV series I, ostensibly is about characters, and so this game is wisely gone away from like you said Jim going like the Left 4 Dead route which has already been done anyway so why do it again and focused on what people like about this series to begin with which is characters facing an intriguing or an interesting and harrowing journey trying to survive in this world but so far i think i'm finding it just as uh, you know on a quality level just as high as the first one. Oh, for sure the one with climate the poor clementine yeah <laughs> oh, the first yeah. one <laughs> yeah but, but anyhow yeah definitely check it out if you're a fan of the show and you have video games. I, I got it on Steam. Is it? I, mean, I assume it's available on PS4. Yeah, I play, I'm, I'm playing it on PS4. Yeah, it's available on all consoles and yeah, on the computer, obviously. As well. How's the voice actor that plays Michonne? It's it's. I like it. It's a. Uh, it's different from. It's not Denai Guerra. Uh, she didn't like it's the, the 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 Telltale game series is is very much sticking with like the comics as opposed to the TV series as far as right. like, the presentation of the games goes and whatnot. They look a lot more truer to their comic book representation, which is you know it's cool. I like that. And um, no, it's got it's 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 well done. They do a good job in these these games. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So um, 
we do obviously a lot more podcasts than just this one. So, Jim, do you want to share with the listeners where what you've been doing with the rest of your time podcasting and, and where other our listeners can find you? Well, uh, I'm at, at Yoda Jones on the Twitters. Uh, we do the uh, HHWLOD.com. You can find the DC TV podcast where we cover all of the shows based on DC uh, Comics uh, properties. Uh, that includes Lucifer, Supergirl, uh, The Flash, uh, iZombie, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, uh, and the upcoming Return of Gotham and uh, Preacher as well. So Holy. we have a lot on our plate, but we're able to usually cover it all in just under two hours in an entertaining and fun way uh, with myself and Daryl Taylor and uh, either the lovely and talented Miss Jerry Atkinson or the lovely and talented, or not as lovely, but certainly talented Chub Toad. Uh, Sheldon, uh, <laughs> talking about DCTV. Also on the Taylor Network Podcast.com, I'm a uh, regular with Donnie Salvo and Daryl Taylor on our general TV and movie podcast called Nothing's On, where we talk all about all the television and TV, uh, television and TV, yeah, TV and movies uh, that are happening, uh, and uh, we watch all the dumb TV so you don't have to. So check us out there. Occasionally... Our good friend Aaron invites me over to his podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe, to do a commentary track. Uh, we just did one on The Crow, just about a week or so ago. Uh, so you might want to check that out. Some really good talk there with Brandon Peters and Scott Mendelson. But I'll let Aaron tell you more about that. Yeah, Out Now with Aaron and Abe is the weekly film podcast that I host with my friend Abe. And yes, we do every month do a commentary track as well. This month we did The Crow, which, yes, had Jim Dietz on there. Uh, a lot of fun doing those commentary tracks. We do them every month uh, because the listeners uh, love them. Um, but yeah, in addition to that, we obviously have our weekly show where we cover various film releases. This week it's all Oscar stuff. So we had an Oscar prediction show and an Oscar wrap-up show, which is currently up now. And uh, we're coming up on um, what Zootopia and London has fallen as far as new releases go. And of course, later later in the month, we'll be getting to um, Zootopia is quite good. London has fallen. I haven't seen yet, but uh, that's a movie that's happening. Uh, but um, <laughs> la- later in the month, uh, we will get to uh, Batman v Superman colon Dawn of Justice, which, of course, many are excited about. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you can find all the episodes of Out Now Third Abe on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash Podcast, And you can follow me on Twitter where I post all about that and everything else I do on uh, uh, twitter.com slash Aaron's PS4. That's great. And uh, I also uh, host the Auto Chat Show. That's a not comic book related, but it's an automobile related uh, podcast. We talk about all new cars, uh, especially lately doing a lot of new car reviews. So it's been a kind of a back-to-back-to-back new car review uh, segment. Uh, we've got many new ones lined up coming ahead. You can find us on Twitter at, at Auto Chat Show or on Periscope at Auto Chat Show, Facebook.com forward slash Auto Chat Show. And on iTunes, Auto Chat Show. So just type in Auto Chat Show. You'll find us. Download it. Even if you're not a car nut or you don't even care about cars, it's actually a really entertaining. Uh, me and my co-host, Teddy, we have a lot of fun. Uh, it's very lighthearted and, and uh, you know just not a very boring podcast. We have a lot of laughs and talk about cars and pop culture and, of course, do some new car reviews along the way. So check us out there. Out there. Okay, folks. So this will bring an end to this week's episode. Next week's episode is called Not Tomorrow Yet, and it's directed by Greg Nicotero. And I have no other spoilery information beyond that. And even if we did have anything from AMC, it wouldn't tell us anything about the episode anyway. Yeah, but it, we did yeah, see it. It'd be something along the lines of, like, Rick and Jesus go on a new journey that leads to some insightful <laughs> discoveries. The, the group encounters several challenges on their quest to help the hilltop folk. <laughs> That's it. You heard it. That's it. So write our own by now. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening as always, folks. Please join our Facebook uh, group. Like we said, that's the best place to, to, to get in on the fun and just uh, apply to join the group. We approve and we get you right in and it's a lot of fun. So when there's no room left in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember one thing, that Bisquick is 90 seconds from the package to the oven. Take care, folks.
ba, check ba, check ba, check ba, 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 Walking Dead. Walking. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that better. Wah 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 Walking Dead. Walking Dead. You wanted to know you were serious right off the bat. <laughs> Thank you. Did you guys catch that when he said that? I was yeah. like, yeah. He's talking about Negan. He's like, right off the bat. Right? Off the bat. Yeah. Oh, I get it. That was real on the nose. Yeah, really off the bat. Yeah. I get it. Right off the bat. <laughs> that's the dude yeah. from Terminator. That's why when I saw that guy, I'm like, where is he from? He's been in a million other things, but I'm like, that's. Well, the one dude was in 2024. Yeah, okay. that's the same guy, Xander Berkeley. Xander yeah. Berkeley. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great character actor, and he's <laughs> no, knowing Gregory from the comics. Like this is perfect casting. <laughs> I remember, I remember reading Xander Berkeley was cast. I'm like, who's he gonna play? Because he's not Negan. Because I, but I remember seeing the name pop up. I was like, who's he gonna play? <laughs> then he then he just walked up, and it's like, oh, he's Gregory. That's per- that's a person casting. He just walked in, just sh- shuffled he's, in from that room. Right? He's yeah. the perfect like just like slimy like <laughs> like leader character. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> He always plays a dick, so it's perfect. It works yeah, out yeah. great with his... Yeah, T2, Xanderberg, yeah, 20, 24. Yeah. 24 where it's just like most heroic role, actually, in 24. Everything else he plays is usually a dick. A total dick, all the time. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I, I just got a message from Russ. Okay. About, about, um, about the edit and stuff. So. Oh, okay. What did, he, what did he say? Are you going to be able to edit it? I got right. it. Oh, I got okay. it. Send me your files. I got everything I need. Oh, cool. Okay, cool. Tell him to enjoy his business trip. Okay, I will. Oh, that's what he's calling it? Oklahoma. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, he's going, he's going to Oklahoma. Oh, it's not, it's all right. Like Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Tell him to enjoy Applebee's near the airport or whatever they got yeah. over there. And <laughs> they have a really in a good couple days. Chilies. Yeah. Now, there's a good the chilies. chilies and a bad chilies. Now, the good chilies. That chilies is the best Yelp rated chilies in the web. <laughs> right. It's in Oklahoma. Because <laughs> there's nothing else. Okay.